Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome into the O Show on iHeartRadio. This is a podcast that digs deep into the Ohio State football program. We're going to explore the best in college football as we have this entire season. My name is Paul James. I'm your host. And as always, for, uh, joined by former offensive coordinator at Kent State and Western Kentucky Universities, Coach A.J. Pratt. How are you, my friend? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, buddy. We've got through a... How many how many O show seasons? Uh, well, this is the end of the fourth season, and you and I've worked together for three of these, right? Yeah, and this is the uh, third. It's been so I've got, now I've got about seven eight months to look forward to college football. Yeah, me too. I mean, I are you looking forward to Monday's game? Oh, very much. Okay, very much. I I, I, I am too. I think. Uh, I think it's time for Georgia to show up, but I, I don't know. I I, I, I look forward to these smaller, bo- the the lesser as that lesser. That's a terrible word. Yeah, uh, the smaller school bowl games or the lesser record bowl games. How's that? There you go. Uh, it doesn't matter who's playing, and the numbers show other people think that too. So it, football is America's sport. I know you love baseball, but yeah. football is America's sport. But we're coming to the end. We get to watch NFL, but. No, Paul, it's good to uh, – I've appreciated you in the last three years, and uh, hopefully we get to kick off another one next next season here in about August. I have full plans to do that, no question, and I appreciate you. We've had a heck of a good time. And hopping on to what you said, I I enjoyed the 6-6 six and six bowl games more this year than I think I ever have. I really did enjoy those 6-6 six and six bowl games because of like exactly what you said a couple of weeks ago. This is going to make or break some team season, and, man, they put it all out there. It's like college baseball, the College World Series. A lot of these guys will never play again, and they just leave it all out on the field. They were really good games. There were some terrific games, a lot less opt-outs in those in those games yeah. as well, uh, and 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 for good reason. They love to play the game of football. Yeah, and I I don't want people to think, well, is he saying what Herb Street said? I agree with everything Kirk Herb Street said because I listened to it in context and not out of context. Yeah, but uh, no, there, there's great games. Uh, the competition, and especially for the seniors that played their last snap. Most mm-hmm. of those guys that played in all these bowl games, I mean, you're going to see it, the differences in the Buckeyes and the Rose Bowl and the, the, the Ole Miss and the Baylor, but specifically in that title game, most of those guys are going to play beyond those games. Right. Uh, but those seniors are playing those last games. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate any any competition with the best game ever invented second to golf. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get you. I get you. I'll take some heat for that, but no, uh, we both love football. Well, you've been busy this week at Nathan Heinzman State Farm. You've been doing a uh, an online seminar all week to get better at helping people with uh, with their finances and everything. Well, it's you? more fun to sit here than us sitting in Orlando, <laughs> is where we were supposed to be. But uh, no, I will say this: entering twenty twenty two, as prices continue to rise, State Farms continue our great rates go down. Uh, we're all about helping people finding money that they're losing unknowingly and unnecessarily. Uh, we're properly protecting people. But I can be real blunt with people right now. Mm-hmm. You're losing money everywhere uh, because of 
things we all know that's going on, and State Farm's going the opposite direction. So we can help people's budget, but I am excited. We've hired one, and now today a two, a second person as our team continues to grow. So it's exciting. Always recruiting, Paul. Always recruiting talent. Well, I love how you say that because uh, I've got to do a little bit of that around here. I hear uh, from a conversation I had earlier today, so I'm looking forward to doing some recruiting. And it's a growth recruiting, and that's uh, that's important. So I'm looking forward to doing that a little bit around here as well. So tell everybody how they can reach out to Nathan Heinzman State Farm. Come in and see us at Mallard Square in Marion or South Sandusky in Bucyrus. 740-914-8182. That's just one of our numbers that we have, but that'll go to both offices. So, yeah, come in and uh, ride with the best. I tell you, I want to dig into what we've got. We've got a lot to talk about today. Um, number one, our our number one topic, obviously, is, is the Buckeyes. And I loved the Rose Bowl. I mean, there were so many things that happened. It it started off odd. You and I talked earlier in the day about uh, about all the guys with opting out and being sick and being in protocols, and and the Buckeyes ended that game with 28 scholarship players not eligible to play at the end of that game because of injury or illness or whatever. But the Buckeyes fought and they fought and they fought and they they turned the ship at halftime. I mean, it was that game is what movies are made of. Don't you agree? I mean, well, <clears throat> a lot of coaches use this, but it 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 there's truth in this. Uh, you challenge your team, you challenge players. Find a way. We got to find a way to win this game. A lot what. We talked about in the last show, and I said, this game's a concern for me if I'm a Buckeye fan. Played out. Mm -hmm. Um, Utah was much more interested in playing that game, and they're a good football team. They're well-coached. They're tough. They're physical. We talked about all those things. They showed it. They had 60,000 fans in the seats? It was nearly a home game. Yeah. I mean, it it was the Buckeye fans didn't travel as well, and it's not because I don't think Buckeye fans were excited to be about the Rose Bowl, but – restrictions with covid and all you throw all that stuff in and obviously there's a little i let down because the the, the belief even going into that michigan game hey we're going to play for a national title again but all that said and done it's the granddaddy of them all and the buckeyes found a way to win now there was an adjustment at half the, what the defense played in the second half compared to the first half was totally different. They still gave up some points, a tying score, I think, with a minute 50-something left in the fourth quarter. But uh, they can throw the ball a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think the ones, twos, and threes in the receiver room are going to be okay for the next few years. Well, I'm not going to go down this road right now with the opt-outs. We we know Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave – Pierre Freer, I always Pettit Freer, yeah, Pettit Freer, All American, uh, Haskell Garrett. Mm-hmm. They opt out of the game. That's a personal decision. And, you know, people say, "Well, but this, that." Well, coaches started that trend of opting out too. Yeah. Um, so now they're having a personal choice, but <clears throat> they were playing against a stacked deck, and they found a way to win, and they found a way to win. Really, the way they've won all year. And that's with the trigger man of C.J. Stroud and the receiving core. The thing is, is just like I talk about find a way, football's a game. It's a game of attrition. Mm-hmm. And not only did they have players out for the reasons we just talked about, they had injuries. And guys stepped up and they played. 
and that receiver room, even without their top two, I'm not going to say top two, Jackson Smith and Jigba, to me, and I mean, his numbers, are they what his performance this year was Better spectacular. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that number will be touched. Yeah. I, I mean, it's going to be a tough one to break what he did this year and in that game. I mean, it was incredible. But it was the Buckeye offense pass game. They did struggle to run the ball, which is something we're going to talk about at the end of the show as, a, as I know what we're going to talk about next year. Mm-hmm. But the elephant in the room is this. They struggled on defense. Yeah, We'll, we'll, we'll say that, and, and, and that's an understatement. And it's been a trend for the Buckeyes. Here's the bottom line, and we'll talk about this in the end of the show. There's got to be a change in culture, demeanor, belief. The silver bullets have to come back again. Yeah. Uh, the way that they can recruit, it's an identity. It's an identity. And the Buckeyes struggled all year. And here, here was the concern you saw again in this game. It was up the middle stuff. Right. It's A-gap, B-gap runs. So they're attacking your defensive interior, the tackles, the linebackers, to the safeties. And that's just like in war. Mm-hmm. You can't be weak up the middle. And the Buckeyes were weak up the middle a lot, not just in the Rose Bowl, against Michigan, against Oregon, last year against Alabama. I mean, we can keep going back. So there's got to be an improvement with, with the structure of that defense. But I, I actually believe it's the intensity and the identity of that defense and I I, Jim Knowles could be a hero because he's going to have a lot of great talent to play with and the Buckeye defense honestly can only get better he's bringing his safety with him uh and that we we talked about that a couple weeks ago when we heard that you know that he had entered the portal that we thought you know Sunday Monday or Tuesday he would be a Buckeye and of course uh, that didn't happen until Wednesday but coach on a couple of the performances obviously Jackson Smith and Jigba unbelievable 15 catches 347 yards three touchdowns they threw 16 balls his way he broke records for Ohio State he broke records for every single bowl out there I mean, this is a guy who pulled deep inside and said, if CJ can get me the ball, I'm going to catch it. An unbelievable performance. No, he's a special player, special performance. and But the ball had to be there. Mm-hmm. And there was a change on the coaching staff today. And I will say, CJ Stroud was not um, – he ran one time in this game for yeah. 10 yards. Yeah. CJ Stroud had plenty of time to throw all year. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I won't get too in-depth with that point with Coach Trudawa unless you bring it up later. But the offensive line protected. Their receiver stepped up. We had heard before the game Marvin Harrison Jr. had been playing well all year, not in games in practice. He ends up with three touchdowns. And Mika Ekbuka, we know we've seen what he could do in special teams. I think they're going to be just fine on the perimeter again next year. But the, the one number that I look at, Paul, that we will talk about quickly at the end of the show is balance. Yeah. The Buckeyes throwing for six for five seventy three is incredible, but running for a hundred. Now you got to take what they give you on defense, right? But when you're Ohio State playing in the Rose Bowl, running for one hundred ten yards. You're lucky to get a win. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and we will definitely talk about it. Tommy Eichenberg showed up. Finally, we had a linebacker play outstanding. 17 tackles. That guy was all over the place. The best game he's ever played in his career, and uh, I look forward to seeing him play again next year, especially with some of the new linebackers coming in. No, he's tremendous. I mean, 17 total tackles in any game at any level. That's that's a great performance, and it, it was good to see that. The only thing I will say, I, I, I think – 
we need to see Haskell Garrett's out improvement again in those A to B gap runs with the defensive tackles inside. But the linebacker play absolutely has something to do with that mm-hmm. because you look the three leading tacklers at linebacker in that game is Cade Stover who played some tight end mm-hmm. and Steel Chambers that was a running back. And you see that a lot in high school football and lower lower division college football. Yeah. But when you're at Ohio State, the improvement of making it... Um... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Getting hits on your recruits at linebacker is is a big deal. So they have to improve the personnel at linebacker, and I'm I'm just matter of fact about that. Yeah, uh, you're you're right on. There's no question. Now that we've got into some of the topics, uh, let's talk about a few more topics. Uh, number one, obviously, being the transfer portal and how this season everything changed, and we watched it develop through the season, even from guys walking off the field and going, "I'm done playing here. I'm going into the portal in the middle of a game," to you know, now the seat regular season's over. We're getting ready for the bowls, and guys are going into the portal left and right, uh, as well as the opt-outs. It really has changed football, and it's not good. Well, I, I will tell you, this week I talked the, – the last two weeks I've talked more about the transfer portal than I've talked to with coaching friends in, in it mm-hmm. because they're not in the midst of a season. I mean, every day is Groundhog Day. Is I said, tell me what's going on with the portal. And there were some things brought up to me that I'd never really thought about. That, uh, as listeners, as college football fans, you got to understand, we're not talking about hundreds; we're talking about thousands. Mm-hmm. And the exodus after and endur- as each bowl game passed, the exodus of people going, uh, players going into the portal, mm-hmm. how you can't keep up, you can't keep up. So, and here you go in game planning. This is from a head coach. Okay, I won't say what Power Five. Head coach told me, he said, AJ, look, he goes, our game planning now, which you, you game plan, not it's not plays, it's players. Who's mm-hmm. touching the rock? But you got players, if they're not getting touches in the game after two, three, four, five games, they're saying, I don't know if this is a place for me. So you're recruiting your players with relationships, but they got to get touches. If you got a really talented team, you can't have uh, four receivers, two of them's touching the ball. All of a sudden, you got two in the portal that are good enough to help you next year. That's mm-hmm. a problem. So you got portal thoughts going on with game planning. Then you start to look what's happening with these numbers in the portal. There's also a weeding out process going on here, Paul. And what I mean is it's like, it's like the laws of the jungle or something is, is the strong survive. Now you've got kids that, do I really want to fight through this first year? Right. I'm not the big fish. I didn't think this is what I was going to be. This is harder than I thought. I'm transferring. Well, when you have everybody transferring and the ones that aren't good enough yet or there's better out there in the portal, there's going to be hundreds of players that were on scholarship in Division One football. And next year, they're not going to be on scholarship because they left a place where they were. They weren't happy with the situations. Some of them are absolutely legit. Mm-hmm. 
wasn't a good fit. But some were, this is tough. This is hard. So I'm going to move on. Well, guess what? Next year, they're going to be somewhere trying to get a scholarship on a roster without one, if they're on a team. Here's the other one that came up this week that I never thought of. These FCS schools, 1AA schools, and lower-level mid-majors, when I was at Kent State and WKU, you didn't want to recruit all JUCOs because you become a two-year roster. Right. But you try to fit places, and the places you typically try to fit is where you have – D-line's a big one always, no matter where you're at. Well, what's happened now is high school recruiting, the best teams are recruiting the best high school players. We're saving a few for these transfer portals that fill the gaps of maybe where we made mistakes or we've lost kids to early in the draft. Well, guess who's not getting recruited like they used to? JUCOs. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden some of these FCS and lower-level mid-major 1A schools have a chance now to go get some junior college players that are more talented in the past because that opportunity is there just because how recruiting's changed. This game has done a 180 mm-hmm. in the last three to five years, the transfer portal being one of the really, really big reasons. One of the things that I thought about in the transfer portal during all of the games when I was watching games and thinking about stuff during the bowl season – was when it's all said and done, when the season's over, next season's in the middle, whatever, when we sit down and we say, okay, from this point, has the transfer portal change been successful? And my feeling is it's going to be about 80-20, maybe 90-10. Only 10 to 20% of those kids transferring are going to end up in a better situation or put themselves in the I'm going to be better in the NFL draft situation. Do you agree or disagree? Because that's the way I looked at it. I'm going, 80% of these kids, this isn't going to change their lives at all. I don't know if the percentages are that 80 to 20, 90, 10, but you're on the right track. I believe so. Jamison Williams is uh, an exception to the rule. What happened with Jamison Williams going from Ohio State to Alabama, understanding the roster, the talent was there, the talent that he had – Those are not going, in my opinion, those are not going to be the typical stories as this thing plays out. In the Rose Bowl, you saw why Jamison Williams left. He (laughs) apparently didn't want to compete with Jackson Smith and Jigba for playing time. And Marvin Harrison and Emeka Egbuka, he didn't want to compete with them. When Alabama went, you don't have to compete. I got Mechie over here. You can be over there. And all of a sudden, bam, there he is. I get that. That made sense. I have no problem with that. Those guys are cheering for him. You know, but the amount of guys that are moving, I just don't think are going to be successful for him. No, I mean, look, people say he's a portal hater. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. But I do think that people choose to get out of tough situations, and this has given more people a chance to choose to get out of a tough situation when it's not a legitimate reason to move on. And if they can find a way, again, the coaches have created the situation. The coaches have always had a choice, and now, rightfully so, the players have a choice. It's created a chaos. It's not great for the culture of football, in my opinion. But here's the deal. The ones that embrace it, you have to. Yeah. As coaches, you have to embrace it. It is what it is. You got to find a way to work it the best way you can. And we're going to find out who's going to be at the best at that. And then, of course, the other topic this year that has really been crazy for the last six weeks, and that is the opt outs, which, wow, uh, you want to talk about full circle? You know, we talked at the top of the show about Herbie's comments. Uh, the, the, the day on New Year's Day, uh, where he talked about everything going on with the opt outs and how he felt about it. 
And then, of course, 10 hours later, Matt Corral in the first quarter, probably the number two quarterback taken in the draft, has a major lower leg injury in the first quarter. His team gets beat. What his future looks like in April, nobody knows. But he wanted to play that game. Well, the way it looks like it's playing out, thankfully, for Matt Corral is um, he, he's okay. Yeah, they it, said that, ne- yeah. that everything came back negative. So, so uh, we, we went through this last week, so I'm not going to beat a dead horse. I understand both sides of it. If I know I'm going to be a top 10 pick, top 15 pick, top 25 pick, and me having a serious injury, a hip injury, um, you know, something, some kind of foot injury that can be debilitating, and they know that, and it costs me millions of dollars. I get it. If, if I'm the parent, son, here's my counsel. But here's the bottom line. We talked about it last week. Are, are you going to go to the? Are you going to go to Indianapolis? Are you going to go to the combine? Are you going to work out? Because you could have a bad day, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden your draft status dropped. So you're not going to do that. What what Kirk Herbstreet said, I agree with. It, it ain't the kid's fault. It's it's what it is. If I grew up with this cell phone right here and all the games to play that don't get me outside when that's what we you, you and I did. Absolutely. I mean, if that didn't exist, I mean, the love for it, there's nothing else to do. This This is the love of team. I respect Matt Corral for what he did, but he had a choice. I chose to go play. Kenny Pickett, he, he, he chose not he to chose play not for Pitt. To. Right. And, but you know what? They're looking at him. Was he a second, third quarterback taken in the first round? Yeah. So I, I respect the decision. There's reasons too, but I, I absolutely – and I'm just going to be flat-out honest. This is me. doesn't make me right. We can have opinions. Sure. If I'm a general manager and it comes down again to a player, it's really even in the draft at the same position, one opted out – one decided to go play with and for his teammates, I know which one I'm taking. And you also talked when we go back to the transfer portal about those players that maybe felt like it was a little too hard and decided to go somewhere else. Those general managers are going to know that too when it comes time to decide who they're taking for the NFL draft. Correct. And one one other thing, Paul, I have to – I do. I respect the position of the coach, the head coach. If you're the head coach – and you go to Garrett Wilson, I'm just using this example because it's the O show, and you're Ryan Day and say, look, I really think you should play. And Garrett Wilson gets hurt in that game, and it cost him millions of dollars. The coach is put in a position he can't. Hey, I, I love you to play. You know the players want you to play. You know being on the field helps us win games. But I also understand you've given us four years, three years. You, you, you've made plays to help us win football games. If you say, coach, I'm proud of how my career's ended. I'm moving on. I'm not going to risk my future to play, hopefully, years in the NFL. As a football coach, you say, son, I understand. Yep, I get it. I get it. And I loved watching the Rose Bowl. So many people were texting me going, you got to be just going crazy. I'm like, no, I'm loving this. <laughs> I, had a, I had a ball. <laughs> I really did. I enjoyed every part of that game, especially the second half where the defense held them to nothing more than just a field goal until that late touchdown with the backup quarterback. And uh, But I, I, just, I just looked at that game at the end and said, man, this is for the movies. All right, let's talk about some of the other bowl games. Um, don't want to dig into a whole lot. Just kind of want to ask a question or two about yep. each one, Coach. Here we go. Let's talk about the Gasparilla Bowl. UCF. 
I watched that game that Thursday night. They earned their first win ever over in-state rival Florida, 29-17. to Coach, what does this mean for recruiting in the state of Florida? Central Florida wins that game. Well, here's the deal. As of today, it means not much because there's a new era that started after that game with Billy Napier. Right. Okay, it's Billy Napier's now. This is his program. There's uh, something new to sell. It's a fresh start. But I will say for UCF to beat Big Brother, Power 5, Florida, in a bowl game, that's a big deal. I think they called it the statement win. So it, it doesn't hurt. Obviously, it helps UCF, maybe not directly against Florida in recruiting, but, hey, we just won a bowl game against an SEC team that's the Florida Gators. And obviously, Coach Malzahn's got SEC and his history as a winner. Um, it, it only helps Central Florida. They won that game from the kickoff on. I watched that whole game, and UCF controlled that game the I whole agree. time. It was it was a fun one to watch. In the Cheez-It Bowl, which I loved the Cheez-It dump at the end of it, Clemson wins their 10th game of the season. They beat Iowa State 20-13. to Coach, are the Tigers going to be a contender in 2022? I mean, are they back? Well, Clemson has been either the second or third best team in the last seven years. Yeah. Okay. Here's what we're going to find out. First of all, I give them credit. They have a seven-point loss to Georgia, who's playing in the national title. Mm -hmm. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then... They start one and three. Well, guess what? They won the last ten. Yeah. It's still Clemson. They still have as good of facilities and can recruit against anybody in the country. Here's the one thing that we're going to see that Nick Saban has more than survived is every year losing some of the best coaches in the country to go elsewhere and nothing changes. Yeah. What's happened at Clemson is is they have lost coach after coach after coach Defensive line coach just went with Coach Venables to Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And Coach Sweeney's not going – a lot of his hires are not from the outside. He's elevating younger coaches from within. So it'll be interesting. That's a great question, and we will find out next fall. As bad as their offense it was, DJU was still the best quarterback in the ACC statistic-wise. I mean, that, that blew my mind when I saw that that night. I was like, wow, as bad as their offense was. So we'll see if Clemson will be back. How about the Alamo Bowl? Oklahoma buried Oregon. Bob Stoops was substitute head coach. Uh, coach, will the Sooners be the pick to win the Big 12 in 22? I mean, Brent Venables is going to be there. He got introduced by Stoops at the end of the game. It was dramatic. I mean, I I, I don't know. I mean, is Oklahoma going to continue to be Oklahoma? Well, we're soon going to find out as we've had a couple transfer portal uh, of interest going from Norman, Oklahoma to Los Angeles yeah. with the former coach, which again, it's free agency. But Listen, uh, here's all I want to say about this game. As we talked last week and I thought would happen, Bob Stoops. <laughs> I know. It was so cool. Loves Oklahoma 
and uh, he's as beloved now or more so than he was when he retired for what he did here in the last five, six weeks. So uh, really cool and, and probably what we, we expected. Yeah, I would have to think Oklahoma's favored going into to the conference next year. But uh, we'll see how things sort out for Coach Venables in year one. I know the tide has turned in the last several years that defensive coordinators that become head coaches aren't nearly as successful as the offensive coordinators who become head coaches. And I, you can go back 10 years, it was the opposite. You look at Belichick and guys like that, you know. and uh, So it's kind of turned. Does Venables begin that tide maybe to get the, the defensive coaches back in that head position and make those teams you know win the big games? Well, one did it in this conference this year is Dave Aranda. Right, right. So I, I think the, the tide has churned. It's been an offensive league or offensive game, but that tide started to change a little bit this year. We did see that. Okay, well, we're going to see. A game I really enjoyed, Michigan State had an impressive fourth-quarter comeback. They beat Pitt 31-21. Both of those programs appear to be in really good shape, Coach. Yeah, obviously a good win for the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coach Tucker's got he's he's got some job security. He's got one of the greatest smiles, doesn't yeah. he? <laughs> he? He's got some job security, and and they've got a, a win to icing on the cake for a great turnaround year. Um, obviously, not having picket at quarterback right. obviously affects it doesn't matter who's playing but look pat narduzzi and mel tucker they've got these places these these programs going in the right direction i had to tend to agree on new year's day in the outback bowl arkansas played a great second half uh, they beat a totally uninspired penn state team 24 to 10 sam Pittman is the right man for the razorbacks job you've been saying that all season coach i have one of my favorite stories of the year and again the style of play of arkansas in this game it, it was a heavyweight fight, and they just kept pounding. They were more physical on both sides of the ball. Um, one of the greatest coaching jobs the last two years has been Sam Pittman. You can tell the players love him. Coach Franklin's in the same situation. We'll see what happens with that staff, if there's any changes. He's lost Brent Pry. A couple other guys have went to Virginia Tech. But, uh, yeah, Coach Coach Franklin's also on the front end of a new 10-year deal. He is. Uh, later in the Fiesta Bowl, Oklahoma State ruined Marcus Freeman's debut as Notre Dame's head coach. 37-35 was the final. Now, what does Freeman need to do to get Notre Dame ready and get them over the hump to be able to compete for a national championship? Well, listen, everybody I know that knows Marcus Freeman thinks the world of him. Yeah. And it, from what I'm told, what you see on TV and how those players react to him, that's Marcus Freeman. They've played tremendous on defense. Now, I will tell you in this game, is our eyes told us, but statistically, they give up 605 yards to Oklahoma State. And most of that was about back end of the second quarter on throughout the second half, giving up 605 yards, 371 pass, 234 rush. The concern is, even with the starting running back at Notre Dame, opting out the Irish rush for 42 yards mm -hmm. and we had seen an improvement on their offensive line but what I was getting to with Marcus Freeman Paul I, I hope I'm wrong with what I'm about to say is first of all this was a bad loss for Notre Dame I agree you're up 28-7 in your inaugural game in a bowl game against a top 10 opponent and you lose mm-hmm they give the game up. Oklahoma State battled back like they've battled all year. Spencer Sanders was tremendous yeah. in that game, especially the second half. Um, I, I just look at it in the most chaotic span of college football we've had. 
with all the things that we just talked about that we've never had. We haven't even talked about NIL. Right. At an institution that's Notre Dame, that you have to be a CEO of many things way beyond football, to ask a first-time head coach to navigate all of that stuff, I hope to goodness he's successful. I really do. I hope Marcus Freeman wins the first national championship since 1988 with Lou Holtz in Notre Dame. I do. But he's got a hell of a task at hand. And their next game (laughs) is in the shoe. Is at Ohio State. Your first two games are Oklahoma State in a bowl game, and that's why I say it's such a bad loss. I mean, probably going to be underdogs going to Ohio State, and you start 0-2 and, and like, okay, here you go. Right. I wish the best for Marcus Freeman because I hear he's a great guy. But, yeah, it's a tall task for someone that's never been a head coach. I, I agree with you. In the Citrus Bowl, it was over 100 on the field, and Coach, your Wildcats beat Iowa 20-17. to Is Kentucky going to continue to be good next year, you think? Well, they almost lose everybody on the roster. Yeah. Literally. It's like 17 starters they're losing. But Will Levis is supposed to be coming back yeah. at quarterback. They, the, the way the game looked at half, and I think even you and I may have been discussing it, it was Iowa, here, here they come. They were. They were rolling the game. What man. happened at halftime, because UK d- dominated the game, but two very like teams uh, struggle sometimes to score points, play physical, like to run the ball, going to win with defense, get takeaways. Kentucky had a little more firepower offensively. Iowa, Iowa kind of blew the game late, but Kentucky found a way to win. Uh, Mark Stoops has done an incredible job at a place that it's not easy to win a lot of football games in consecutive seasons. Can you imagine playing on January 1st and the field is 100 degrees? <laughs> I mean, you're thinking this is supposed to be August and September in Iowa, yeah. not, not Iowa playing yeah. on New Year's Day. 88-degree air temperature, 100 degrees on the field. It was crazy. It was crazy. Good game, though. Uh, New Year's night, the Sugar Bowl. Prove that uh, Baylor's defense is legit, Coach. 21-7, they win over Ole Miss, an Ole Miss team who's number one quarterback and first-round pick was injured in the fourth quarter. You know, we asked about it already. In hindsight, should Matt Corral have really sat out that game? What do you think? No, he wanted to play. Yeah. He wanted to play. He, he loved, you could tell him and Coach Kiffin had a great relationship. They loved each other. He loved to play at Ole Miss. Oh, Kiffin was crying when he came. When he came, he really was. He yeah, was I mean, emotional. It's when been that, that way all year. Those two are tight, and he wanted to play for his coach. He wanted to play for his guys. And you know what? He's going to be all right, and it's not going to cost him any money. I'm all for it. Here, here's what I see in this game, though, Paul. It was about turnovers. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss is three. You know, Luke Outmeyer. I'm, hopefully, he, he's great coming back, but yeah. he's he's not Matt Corral, who made that thing roll. But they're three true turnovers. Freshman, right? Kim's yeah, a I true believe freshman. he was a true yeah. freshman. Three turnovers for Ole Miss. The Baylor run game. We've mm-hmm. talked about him all year. Abram Smith, 172 yards on 25 carries. Baylor wins with defense. They only give up 322 yards to Ole Miss. They rush for 279 yards, Baylor does. Great job, Coach Aran and his staff. I just want to leave you this. Last year, publicly, every, um, not every game, but almost every game, D.J. Durkin's defense was attacked by his head ball coach. Not D.J. Durkin, but the defense. Can we stop anybody? Beginning of the year, if we can stop people. Guess who carried that Ole Miss team many times in the last half of the year? It was D.J. Durkin's defense. Mm -hmm. They only give up, even though they allowed the rush, they only give up 322 total yards in that game. Coaches know D.J. Durkin can coach defense. 
and that's why he just got a new three-year contract at Texas A&M. That's a big loss for Ole Miss, and that's a good get for Jimbo and the Aggies. Texas A&M's going to be good. I mean, uh, that that everything they did in the portal, everything they did with recruiting high school players, they're, they're going to be good. All right, Coach, let's move on to the national semifinals. Both of them were blowouts, not very – Interesting games at all. Number one, Alabama blew out Cincinnati 27-6 in the Cotton Bowl. The Bearcats couldn't run the ball at all. They had zero touchdowns. I mean, were they just completely overmatched from from the beginning of the game? We said UCA, UC has good players. And look, this is a couple plays on fourth down in, in the second half from this game. I know you say, well, it's 27-6. Right. They didn't score. I've heard people say that. It's true. This game is a little bit closer in the second half than what that score tells you. But player to player, outmanned. And where it shows up in these games um, is up front. Mm -hmm. Is the defensive front specifically for Alabama. Uh, Again, Will Anderson, another great performance. I think two sacks, two tackles for loss. But Bama's defense holds UC to 2 of 12 on third down. You go into the game and say, look, UC's going to be 2 of 12 on third down. You say the score's worse than 27-6. Bama creates negative plays. They did it 14 times, gets them off schedule. This wasn't Desmond Ritter's best performance for sure. Uh, Ford started fast against his former teammates at Alabama, uh, but they're shut down. But the total yardage was more than double to Alabama, 482 to 218. And really it was the rushing yardage. Earlier in the year, we said Alabama can't run the ball. They can't run. They couldn't run the ball. Yeah. They had injuries at running back. They're saying this is the worst O line they've had there. Maybe in Saban's being there, other than his first year or two. But the bottom line is, they took it to Georgia a game before, and then they took it to UC, who's really good and solid on defense. But yeah, the bottom line is, is they're outmanned, and Alabama's going to another title game. And they're playing at a really, really high level right now. All right, the other semifinal game, the Orange Bowl. Georgia manhandled Michigan 34-11. It sets up the rematch with the Crimson Tide on Monday. Your thoughts on the Orange Orange Bowl, Coach? Well, <laughs> Michigan turns the ball over. Yeah, Georgia doesn't. Uh, Georgia creates 11 negative plays. Michigan creates two. And Georgia rushes for 190 to 91 of Michigan. So I look at those two numbers. A game ago, all of the negative plays that Michigan put on Ohio State, especially with those two edge guys that are both going to be first-round draft picks. And then you look at the rushing yardage that was the Hassan Haskins and Michigan offensive line show against the Buckeyes in the big house. Flipped. Now – it ain't in the snow. It ain't at the big house. It ain't a home field advantage. There isn't crowd noise. And it isn't, hey, we're enough's enough. We're tired of this. We're not going to lose this game anymore. They went and played a team. But, again, the eye test, the eye test tells me Georgia was better than Michigan. It's that defensive front. And N'Kobe Dean, he's a great player. Yeah. Those guys up front on defense, they just look different. Their size, the way they run. I mean, it's it's insane. Georgia's a good team. Again, Stetson Bennett with another terrific performance, 313, three touchdowns. My question is, what does Stetson – and he he out uh, – you put, look at him and McCarthy really was a huge difference in the yeah. game. And I thought they were very similar talents and style of play. Uh, McCarthy got outplayed by Stetson Bennett in the Georgia offense. But we're going to see what happens with Stetson Bennett 
in this offense in the next one. And he had 300 yards against Alabama a month ago. So he's had two 300-yard games in a row against top five football teams. What well, does he do it again on Monday night? And is he the difference in that game? Look, I know we got to get we got to close up with some Buckeye stuff here and get in in, in the show. All, all I will say: Do I look forward to playing this game? I will not bet this game. No. I don't bet any. I would not bet this game. I I think Georgia is more talented. They're not they're not as beat up as Alabama. It's hard to beat a team twice back to back. Um, their style of play concerns me because of what happened the first game because the weakness of Georgia's defense if they have one is the back end and does Stetson Bennett show up look Zamir White's good but the other running back that plays like a receiver is I mean the the, the matchups they cause now I will leave it at this there's always the two jokers in the deck for Alabama the guy that prowls that sideline is still the greatest of all time. Yep. And that's still his assistant, former assistant coach on the other sideline. And the Heisman Trophy winner who can make a play at any time that there's no doubt who do you take, Stetson Bennett, or do you take Bryce Young, is I, I, I just think there's – I don't know. I won't bet this game, but I think we're, we, we could see a classic. I well, really do. I, I think you're still in the same boat you were in three weeks ago when you said if they forced me to bet my house, I'd bet with the Tide for both those games, for the semifinal game and the final game. And, and I get that. I totally understand. It's hard to beat Nick Saban, especially when you've got a football team like he's had that has developed and gotten better over the last 14 games. I mean, they are they are really, really good. All right, let's talk about the future of the Buckeye program, Coach. What do you, what do you feel – that Ohio State needs to do to put themselves back in the national championship game a year from now? Look, they, they need a total revamp on defense. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes it's just a new voice. Um, I talked to a coach this week. People didn't even know it. His last game and his bowl game, uh, the voice in front of the defense changed, and their defense played better than they'd played all year, not even close in those last two games. And they didn't change anything. It was just a voice. Yeah. And it's nothing against the voice before, but sometimes you, you, there's just stagnant. You get comfortable. And great things come from getting uncomfortable. And you force people to get uncomfortable. Most of the time, if they're competitive, they rise to the top and they, and they get better. So on defense, we're going to see a structure that we haven't seen before. We're going to see an attack style. They're going to play on the other side of the line of scrimmage. That's what they do is try to create negative plays. Um, they have to get better with the two inside guys they got to get better at linebacker they got to get better at safety I, th- I think they're talented enough on the perimeter i really do i think mm-hmm. their edge guys as they get older and better their, their corners are fine they've been injured out there offensively we just heard about the off and they already know who the offensive line coach is you don't fire greg strudawa at ohio state unless you already know who the next guy is. right absolutely that, that that's done i don't know who it is but that's a done deal you know they're going to lose a couple guys up there the bottom line with offensively is balance. You're a smart guy, and you love the sport, and you understand the game, Paul. Right now, if I told you that C.J. Stroud gets hurt the first game of the year and he's out the entire season, do you feel good about Ohio State's chances? As good as their receivers are, as good as Trevion Henderson is, they're still going to be fine up front with, with talent. If they do not have C.J. Stroud, do you, do you feel like that they can go make a run and win every game they play? 
uh, if Kyle McCord gets better every single week, I, I think they can. But will Kyle McCord be ready to take that position? But how they played offensively this year. C.J. Stroud was the voice of it. So, it. yeah, absolutely. It was a, a C.J. Stroud, and it was the it was the past game. That's right. all, what we saw, okay? There, there was a couple games that Trevion Henderson ripped some – I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a great player. Right, absolutely. Um, they got to get back to balance. And the balance, it, it's an attitude thing. The will to run the football, it helps the defense. All that stuff matters. And special teams, you ask about special teams in our notes – they should never have a problem with special teams mm-hmm. because when you're at a place like Ohio State, your starters play, but your guys that are backups are good enough to be starters, so you got all this depth on special teams. They better not have a problem on special teams. But here, here's where I want to leave off the Buckeyes for this season. It's a culture deal. You don't get ran on between the tackles like you did against Utah or sure as hell like you did against Michigan. You don't go out and have to throw the ball 500, 600 yards a game to score and kick a field goal at the end of the game in the Rose Bowl if you're tough. And this offseason is critical for Ohio State. They've had some guys leave, quite a few leave, which that's going to happen, but you you usually don't have a lot of guys leave on right. a place like Ohio State. It's a culture. It's a toughness. This is a huge offseason for Ryan Day and his staff and this football team. So the biggest thing between, for me between now and when they kick the ball off against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish at Ohio Stadium next September is what does the culture become with a new defensive coordinator, some new staff members, toughness, new guys on the field. Is this going to be a tougher culture than what we saw? Lots of talent, really good coaching, but there is there has to be an improvement in toughness. Okay. Well, I agree. I you know, something I sent you the other day that just blows my mind. And, you know, all these people that are upset that Ohio State isn't going to be playing in that game on Monday. And Ohio State didn't play in the national semifinals on, on New Year's Eve. But we won the Rose Bowl. We we lost two games. And I sent you something that, that really blew my mind. Uh, Matt McCoy put it up from, uh, from, from 610 TVN. And he said, Ohio State in 10 years has gone 10 years in a row of winning or losing two games or less for 10 years in a row. Never happened in the Ohio State program. Best it ever did was 71-76 to at Ohio State. Five years. Never 10. 10 years in a row. You're an elite program when you only lose two games or less for 10 years in a row. Agreed? Paul, you could not have ended our O-Show season with a better question because of perspective for the Buckeye faithful. I want all you Buckeye fans to think about all of the blue blood great football programs in the last 50 years and tell me how many haven't have not a down year or two or a down decade. And you're looking at a couple of them right now like what in the heck happened? I remember when 15, 20, 30 years ago. That stat you just gave is remarkable. The standard, hey, it's it's a lot easier to cl- to climb the mountain than to stay there and hang on. And they have climbed the mountain, and that standard has stayed there. Mm-hmm. They had an, another two-loss two season winning a Rose Bowl, and people are disappointed. I get it. But for perspective, Buckeye fans, you have something that you should be really proud of and be grateful for because every year in this last decade, it has been nothing but excellence. It's been nothing but excellence. How, how, so – Anybody better than that? Well, Alabama 11. 
and 13 out of their last 14. But So Alabama's gone 11 in a row. Ohio State's been 10. But then you look at some of the other big teams. You asked me about this. Clemson, six in a row, okay? Eight of the last 10. So they're not at Ohio State's level. Oklahoma, eight of the last 10, seven in a row. Notre Dame, four in a row, but only four in the last 10 years have they been at two win- or two losses or less. But let's throw out some of these guys. How about LSU? Didn't they win it all and have that great Joe Burrow? And this team's just one time, and that was a Joe in 10 years. Texas. What you say every year is one of the best jobs in football is Texas. Zero. They've not had one time in 10 years that they've lost, you know, let, let two, two games. Or, it's always been three games or more. USC won. And everybody's talking about USC and their resurgence. Oregon, five times. That's it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's Alabama and Ohio State and literally everybody else, if you look at it. It's great perspective. And I know Buckeye fans don't want to hear that 11 by Alabama, but the, there's a special thing going on down there, and that it ain't going to last forever. He'll retire it, eventually. That's right. That's been one guy. <laughs> that's been, been a guy. guy. That's been a guy. And one day he ain't going to be there. There's been two coaches doing what Ohio State's been doing. And if you go back 10 more years in there, there's four more in there for Ohio that's, State. So, Maybe five, I know. But, but I mean, so really, if you look at the last three coaches in the last 20 years, they've dominated college football in, in a way that no one else has done with multiple coaches. So Ohio State's doing something right. Let's be proud of it. So saying that, arguably, you could say in the last 20 years, the Buckeyes – have been the best football program in the last two decades. Yeah. yeah. Hey, great perspective to end the O Show. It has been a pleasure. It's been a great season. I'm ready to get started again in August. It'll be nice to take a few months off and uh, and look at everything else. We might do a special or two in there. You never know if we'll drop one, but uh, but it's all good. But thank you. Tell everybody once again how they can reach out to you at Nathan Heinzman State Farm Coach. 740-914-8182. Love to have you as a client. Help you. But, uh, Paul, what I want to say is thank you for being a friend. I, I, there, there is work that goes into this. There is. We love it, though. <laughs> but it, uh, it, it's great to, to hang out with you as a friend. You're great at what you do, and uh, it's always fun to talk football. Maybe you and I will get to call another basketball game this year. <laughs> That's hard. That's hard. <laughs> we had a lot of fun doing it. Hey, this is The O Show on iHeartRadio. If you like it, make sure you uh, you share that with your friends. And we'll see you back for the beginning of next season. Expect us right around the 10th or 15th of August of 22. We're going to start talking college football again. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.